Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only Internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatment so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Today's topic is all about mindfulness. I'm so very excited about today's show because my special guest is Aura Nadrich. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Aura Nadrich is a certified life coach and certified mindfulness meditation teacher, as well as the author of the groundbreaking book, Says Who? How One Simple Question Can Change the Way You Think Forever. Aura's rare combination of insight, intuition, compassion, and charisma has made her one of the most effective and sought-after life coaches in Los Angeles. Aura, thank you so much for being back on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Hi, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me back. So our last interview, we spoke about your book, um, Says Who, and we, we spoke about breaking negative thought patterns. So for our listeners out there, I'm going to dig up that interview and I'm going to put that link in the podcast notes so that you can listen to that because that was a great interview. And uh, yeah, after after we were done with that interview, I was asking Aura, do you mind coming back on and speaking about mindfulness? So Aura, what is mindfulness? I think different people have different ideas of what mindfulness is what does that mean to you well here's my favorite thing about mindfulness and that is that it's actually rather very simple in that I know there's a lot of talk about it it is very much in the mainstream today which is very exciting and I think things like mindfulness and meditation sometimes can sound complicated to people when in fact that the essence mindfulness is actually rather simple and that is that for me it is being present that is the most simple definition of mindfulness being present well one could say well what does that mean being present do you know being present means that you are a hundred percent in the moment the moment that you are in right now. So let me give you an example of that. That would mean like, okay, we're talking, Carrie. You and I are in this conversation, and we're present with each other. We're not hopefully bringing other things into this conversation, and we're also hopefully not thinking about the past, which has come and gone, or we're sitting here talking and we're worrying about the future, which isn't here yet. So in as much as the description and definition of mindfulness, the essence of mindfulness, being in the present moment with total awareness, yeah, that sounds pretty simple. But you know what? It's one of the most difficult things for us to do because we are distracted, we're worrying about the past and the future, and it's very hard for the most 
part to stay present. So that's where the work comes in, is to stay present. And so then how do we learn mindfulness? Well, first of all, I want to say mindfulness is an inherent quality that each and every one of us has. It's there. We just don't always use it. And so, you know, that whole notion of you don't use something, you lose it. Well, I don't believe that. I just believe that it's there in us waiting. It's like a pot of gold. It's waiting for us to utilize a quality that we have, but we don't always use and or value. So the very way I feel that we can use it is to begin with an awareness. And the awareness would be telling ourselves, I want to be more present. I want to show up from my life. I want to be present in the moment that I'm in right now. So let's start with that. And a good way to start to develop your mindfulness muscle is to say to yourself, to declare to yourself, I want to be present. I want to be here. I want to be fully present. I don't want to be distracted. Well, what are some of the ways we could do that that could really help us? get off our gadgets more, not be distracted as much. So if you're going to commit to being present, that means, you know, another example would be if you were going to have a conversation with somebody and you said, you know, I'm going to really listen to them. I'm going to really show up for them. I'm not going to be on my phone texting while they're talking to me. I'm not going to be looking over their shoulder to see who's going to walk into the room next. I'm going to be fully present with that person, giving them my undivided attention. And when we do that, we are not only very present, but our senses are more heightened. We listen better. You know, mindfulness goes into all the areas of our lives. Mindfulness goes into eating. It goes into communication. It goes into listening. It goes into how we taste our food. When we are present, We not only are 100% in the moment with what we're doing or not doing, we could be meditating, you know, which is a form of doing, but we're allowing ourselves to be present by, you know, relaxing ourselves and quieting the mind. But it's really allowing for our senses to be heightened and to experience things more fully. So I'm glad that you brought up meditation. What's the difference between mindfulness and meditation? There isn't a difference. And that's another thing that people try and figure out, you know, is it the same thing? Is it different? Mindfulness, which is being present, is the same thing with being in a meditation. You're present. So mindfulness in meditation, you know, for me as a mindfulness meditation teacher, I focus on the breath or noting, it's called noting, being aware of the breath when one is meditating so that if their mind starts to become active or if thoughts come in and out of your mind, which they will, you have a mindful awareness of the activity of your thoughts. So they're really one and the same. They're very interchangeable. Now, one can be present and practice mindfulness, being present, being aware, but they don't have to be sitting in meditation. So you can see how they're interchangeable. You bring present moment awareness into your meditation and you know, without getting too complex about it, you also bring your meditation out into the world. You have that same mindful awareness of what you would be experiencing in a meditation. You start to bring that out into all the moments of your life. 
So they're very interchangeable. So as you were saying, mindfulness is about being present and mm-hmm. and that we can be applying this to all areas of our life when we sit down at a meal, when we're speaking to a colleague or a friend, when we're, hopefully, when we're driving. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes. um, uh, you know, things like that. Absolutely. You know, having a, what, what's called present moment awareness. So that means that, okay, you're in this moment right now. And how aware are you? How present are you? You know, the beauty of mindfulness is that it helps us become much more not only present, but it helps us be aware when we're not so present. So the more you develop being present and catching yourself, you know, it's the same concept that I have with says who, and as you know, because we had that interview prior, that what I really help people understand, and I speak of mindfulness, it's an integral part of the says who method, is to be aware of the thoughts that are in your mind. Well, by being present, you are more aware. And when you're more aware, you're aware of the thoughts that you're thinking, whether they be negative or positive. When you're more aware, you can tell if you're distracted and catch yourself, hopefully not being distracted when you're behind a wheel driving. You know, the key is the practicing of mindfulness really teaches us to be present and it also teaches us, you know, not only how to be more present, but it starts to show us when we're not, that we can catch ourselves going, oh, you know, I'm really distracted right now or I'm not really fully listening to my partner, my spouse, my child, my colleague. I'm, I'm kind of half listening to them. That's the beauty of mindfulness. It starts to give us this much more, you know, quick heightened awareness of when we're not fully present. And that's really what I want people to know is it's, you know, it's like it's the gift that keeps on giving. The more you commit to being present, the more you start to be able to peel the these layers like the layers of an onion and you start to become so much more present that it's actually so beneficial you really like it a lot so as an example you might be sitting down with a friend for coffee let's say Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, is it then just more or less a discipline even though I really don't like that word but maybe you you have a different word but like the discipline of every time you notice your mind going elsewhere to just notice that it's gone elsewhere and to bring it back. Absolutely, Carrie. And I don't have a problem with the word discipline because I feel that really the work of mindfulness and or meditation is really to help us discipline our mind. And same with the says who method to discipline your mind, not to readily accept negative thoughts, but to work with your mind so that you can cultivate and curate is a word I like to use more positive thoughts. It's being more selective of our thinking mind. That takes discipline. You know, there's something called the monkey mind. It's a Buddhist term of the mind that is not still, the mind that is restless, the mind that is the troublemaker, the mind that can run us ragged. And that happens to be true. You know, the mind can be very restless. So we need to work with our mind, whether we say we train our mind or we discipline our mind. That is a helpful thing. It helps us. You know, the same way in which you would discipline a child, we were all children. We all needed to be disciplined. It doesn't have to be harsh discipline because that can be counter, you know, 
uh, intuitive to the very process that we're trying to uh, develop here, and that is to really teach our mind how to be more still and how to be more present. So yes, to use your example, let's say you're having coffee with a friend and suddenly they're talking. We've all experienced this where someone's talking to us and suddenly we're like, oh my gosh, I have so much laundry to do later today. Oh, I wonder if I'm going to have that project done by tomorrow. What am I going to have for dinner? Um, God, I'm still so upset at my partner for, you know, being rude to me yesterday. You know, we think, as I've said, Carrie, between 40 and 70,000 thoughts a day, our mind is really active. So sometimes that inner chatter just, you know, whether it's super mundane, that a thought can pop into our minds, which I talk about and says who called automatic thoughts it's just having an awareness when that happens so it's not berating ourselves when it happens like if you're talking to your friend you know if your friend is sharing let's say something that's important to them and suddenly you're like i wonder what i'm gonna have for dinner huh you know it's like you have to catch that and go okay you know what i don't need to think about that right now i really need to give my undivided attention to my friend what they're saying to me is important and they really need me to be there for them and i want to be there for them so that's part of the discipline training if you will it's just having an awareness of when our thoughts try to take us out of the moment so as you were speaking, it kind of gave me the, the thought that mindfulness is like a muscle mm-hmm. and uh, we need to start exercising it. And at first it can be painful and we might, yeah. not, you know, we might be pretty bad at it. But the more we uh, act at it, the better we'll get and the easier it will be to stay in mindfulness. Do I have that right? Absolutely. And so well said. And I really appreciate you saying that because like anything else that we take on as new, uh, we can feel like we're not good at it. And that's when it becomes counterproductive. And as I say and says who, that's when those critical thoughts start to take over. What I'm seeing as a mindfulness teacher and a meditation teacher, that those two things, even though, as I said, they're very interchangeable, Um, people are really hard on themselves. They have very high expectations of, well, I have to be, you know, an expert at mindfulness, like, immediately. And I have to be, um, you know, the type of meditator that doesn't have any thoughts going through my mind. Well, that's not realistic. And that's actually really harsh. And it is, you know, counterproductive and counterintuitive to the very thing that you want to accomplish. And that is to learn something, show up for it, and just be willing to try. And like anything else, it takes time, as you said, you know, using the muscle analogy, which is so true, we start to develop and strengthen that muscle. And like anything else, you just become better at it. And you start to see the benefits of it, and you want to do it more. Now, I want to just say this, we step out of mindfulness, and we will. It's just the nature of our busyness, it's the nature of the thinking mind, it's the nature of that we have a hard time staying in the moment because of what I said earlier, we oftentimes can go back into the past and, you know, there's nothing wrong with reminiscing about the past and, you know, conjuring up pleasant memories, but a lot of the times people go back to the past and wish they had done things differently, and so they're critical. And or they're worrying about what may, operative word, may, might, could 
happen in the future. And it really robs us of such precious moments of the now, being in the now. And what would be really helpful in as far as strengthening that muscle is to be aware when we step out of the moment and gently, operative word, gently bring ourselves back into the moment, which is something that, you know, really is the best way to describe how meditation is taught if or when your mind begins to wander, which it will, gently bring your focus and awareness back to your breath. We must be gentle. We must not be hard on ourselves. You know, uh, the, the path of awareness, the path of awakening, the path of being more mindful really asks us to be more gentle with ourselves in the process. So I really want to you know, say that and emphasize the importance of go easy on yourself. So, Aura, you had mentioned the concept of the monkey mind, which I didn't even know that that was a Buddhist thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, a lot of patients in my office, um, a lot of patients and a lot of people just have a difficult time sleeping. And um, very often, a patient will sit. Uh, across from me in my my office and they'll say yeah it's just like my monkey mind wakes up during the middle of the night and I can't fall back asleep so so my question for you is as we get better at practicing mindfulness what are the benefits that we're going to see from that well first of all it's going to help us again be more present and it's going to help us really appreciate the moment that we're in and even if it's a difficult moment you will begin to be in a moment that, yes, it's great to be in a pleasant moment and we know what that feels like, but even if we're in difficult moments, when we're present and we go into more observation mind as opposed to reactive, meaning we're reacting to the difficulty that we're experiencing in the moment and that may be very real for us, by having an awareness of that, we can help calm ourselves down. You know, I just did a coaching session with somebody who has fear of flying and basically I was helping guide them with some meditations to do you know even beginning before they get to the airport and positive affirmations and breathing exercises but being present and you know again when we're in a moment and we're having difficulty the benefits really are first and foremost helps us be present helps us appreciate the moment that we're in and to value. These are the moments of our lives. We're not going to get this moment again. You know, if we counted all the moments that we basically waste, you know, it's shocking how much time we waste, you know, needlessly. So I think it conserves our energy, our time, our lifespan, if you will. It calms us down. It helps us really be who we are in the moment because we learn to, you know, accept who we are in a moment. That's another beautiful thing about mindfulness. It really, I think, supports the authentic self. It helps us really be who we are in the moment of now. Um, You mentioned sleep. When you start to develop inner dialogue with yourself and you're mindful in how you're talking to yourself something like a sleepless night or something like waking up in the middle of the night you know i i also wrote an article for the huffington post the stay in bed um meditation you know how to really stay in bed and be able to be mindful and 
give yourself a type of whether it's breathing or focus awareness so that you can tell yourself that I am going to go back to sleep. So it helps us in a myriad of ways. It helps us really, you know, again, like meditation, yes, reduce stress. You know, there's so many uh, scientific tests that are being done today and with all the neuroscience that we're coming to understand how helpful and the benefits of mindful awareness and positive thinking and meditation, all of these wonderful things that we can do, skills and technologies that we can use for wellness and how it really helps us in the wellness area of mind, body, and spirit. So the article you mentioned is Stay in Bed Meditation. The Staying in Bed Meditation, yes. Staying in Bed Meditation. (laughs) I'm writing it down. (laughs) Yeah, I I wrote it a while ago, and I still get a tremendous amount of mileage on it. And truth be told, I taught it to my husband, and it works like a charm. Because, and again, for anybody who's listening, you know, as I like to say about my Sesu method, commit to it and it will commit to you. Like anything else, don't just try it once and go, oh, that didn't work, and then give up on it. You need to practice, cultivate, develop, and again, to use the word discipline, discipline your mind. The staying in bed meditation, what that is essentially is that, again, it's like, you know, mindful awareness of what we tell ourselves. You know, oftentimes when Uh, somebody's having a hard time sleeping or they wake up in the middle of the night and they're like, oh my God, I'm so wide awake. And what you want to do immediately is start to speak to yourself, start to bring yourself back into present moment awareness. Again, that's the mindfulness and saying things to yourself like, I would like to go back to sleep. I want to get a good night's sleep. You know, those positive affirmations really feed our into our subconscious and our subconscious takes its direction from us so if you start to say things over and over again it's like that old adage of counting sheep you know you're going to get sleepy and if you immediately give in to the type of thinking that oh well I'm up I may as well just go on my computer or I'm up I'm going to get up and go do this and go do that you're not going to go back to sleep But if you have, again, the mindful awareness of what your intention is and what your goal is, and that is to go back to sleep, you begin to work with that. And that's, again, where we bring in mindfulness. It's being present and what do you want to accomplish in the present time, which is trying to go back to sleep. So for the listeners out there, I'll scour the internet and I'll find that article <laughs> that Aura wrote for the Huffington Post called Staying in Bed Meditation. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people could benefit from that. Yeah, it's 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 one of my favorites. I use it. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, you know, I've used it for a while. And what happens is when we, again, to use the word discipline, which, you know, I'm, I don't want to apologize for that word. I think it's a really important and helpful word. I have found that for me personally, and that's why I was really excited to teach it to my husband, is that we become so much more, as I say and says who, you are the master and creator of your internal dialogue, which creates your reality. You know, I'm so used to my going back to sleep inner self-talk that it's become kind of automatic for me. It's just not acceptable 
to give in to a disruption of thinking that's going to take me away from what I value, and that is my sleep. You know, and I don't want to make it sound like, oh, hey, everybody, this is just so easy. You know, you know, for people that genuinely have sleep issues, I respect that. But you may try this, you know, try it and see what you get from it. It may help you. Do you know, there are those disbelievers and they're like, oh, no, 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 I need something way more powerful to knock me out. And whatever is your thing. I mean, I know this is, we're in a, we're more in a holistic context here, and I think that there are many things that we can do to help ourselves, to aid ourselves, to be able to do things like sleep more peacefully, to sleep uninterrupted, you know, to work with our thinking mind. And also now, you know, being that we're focusing on mindfulness, to be more present with what we're thinking and therefore what we're feeling in a moment. Okay, so let's say we are practicing this. We are being disciplined about it. We're strengthening our mindfulness muscle. So mm-hmm. let's say we're we're there. We've got it. What does mindfulness feel like? Like, how do we know that we're there? Wonderful question, Carrie. Okay, so what I would say is, if I were just to ask you to close your eyes, just you know, take in a breath or two, or what I like to do sometimes is just sigh. I like it. I like, ah, you know, I let out just this sound and it just immediately relaxes my body and it feels good. So we're going to start with that, like connecting to a part of ourselves that feels more relaxed, calm, peaceful, and accepting, you know, And if there's an image that you can conjure up in your mind, a pleasant memory of when you felt really relaxed or calm or peaceful or loved or enough, what does that look like for you? And what does it feel like for you? It might mean you remember as a little child when your parent held you in their arms and maybe rocked you back and forth to sleep. Or listening to one of your songs on your playlist that really makes you feel good. You know, maybe it's a piece of ambient music or... Maybe it's eating your favorite food and the pleasure and joy that it gives you or something that you like to do out in nature, maybe taking that walk on the beach or riding your bike when the weather is just so perfect or floating in a pool or the ocean, or laughing. The last time you really laughed and felt this deep joy within you. And just be with that. You know, just be with whatever that is for you. A moment that you can remember that is giving you that feeling of, again, joy, acceptance, 
non-judgment, and just a feeling like this moment is good. This moment is enough. And I am fully present in it. And just to be with that. And that feeling that you may be feeling right now, that is how I would describe mindfulness. It's just being so present with what you're feeling. And you are so there. You're not anywhere else but here, right now, in this moment. And whether it's a memory that gives you pleasure or it's the actual moment that is giving you pleasure, you know what that feels like and you are 100% there, here, now. And that's really what it feels like, you know? It feels like, yeah, I'm here. And wow, it feels good to be here. It feels good not to feel like I have to do something or be someone or perform or pretend. I'm just me. And it's the essence of you. And for me, I'm really describing to you what mindfulness feels like for me. Mindfulness feels like, wow, I'm really showing up for Aura. I'm here because I'm really valuing this moment. And I want to bring the best of myself to this moment. That's what it feels like. So if anybody has any doubt or they're not 100% sure, just walk yourself through that exercise. Walk yourself through a moment of, in the present moment, of something that maybe you need a little help with to remind you of what this is, to remind you of what being present really feels like for you. Because it's personal. It's your moment. It's nobody else's moment. It's your moment. So you make that moment what you want it to be for you. So Aura, we just have a few minutes left. Is there anything else you want to say today about mindfulness? I want to say that mindfulness is there for you. You have it. It's in you. And it's just waiting for you to begin. If you're not someone who feels that you have an active relationship to mindfulness or it's new for you and you want to get going, I want to say that it's in you. It's there. You don't have to go to a store and buy anything. You know the excitement you feel like when you get something new and you're so excited to unwrap it and to see it and to use it? That's mindfulness. It's your gift and it's in you and it is rightfully yours. So I would say begin now. Say, I'm ready to have a relationship with mindfulness starting now. And I'm ready to be present now. And I'm going to show up for my life now and start from this moment onward. And I'm excited. I mean, it excites me to get people connected to their mindfulness ability. It's there. Just go for it. Aura, how can our listeners find out more about you? They can go to my website, auranadrich.com. It's full of a lot of things that I'm doing and any information on me of work, workshops, uh, programs that I'm doing. And all of my social media handles are my name, Aura Nadrich. 
Aura, thank you for being my special guest today. This has been another awesome interview. Oh, thank you, Carrie. It was so great to connect with you again. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Aura Nadrich. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carrie.